Mother's Day is Sunday. Get the best blanket ever. It's also the best gift ever for Mother's Day. Minky Couture. Sandy and her staff are doing it again for Zone listeners. Helping you get a ride on Mother's Day. Get 50% off now when you mention Zone 50 at a store near you or online at MinkyCouture.com. That's promo code Zone 50. That's Minky Couture for Mother's Day. Time to welcome in Matt Harpering, Utah Jazz Game Analyst for AT&T Sportsnet. Matt, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. You know, Matt, Great. we always think people are smart when they say things that we already believe. We're like, see, that person really gets it. And I was watching the game, and you started going on, hey, if you want health, home court, seating, well, of course you want it all, but if you pick one, health. Health is it. And PK and I immediately thought, Matt's really smart. So good work. <laughs> I I think it's pretty obvious, actually. I'm a, I'm a master of the obvious at times. But I, I think when you sit back and you kind of think about it, and I think every Jazz fan wants the number one seed, and, you know, I do as well, but it's it's really not what you really want when you when you sit back. It's, you're just not going to have a chance in the playoffs unless you have a healthy team. Yeah, that's the bottom line. Obviously, you being the former player could answer this. The player mindset now with just a handful of games to go, things can change, and they literally are changing from game to game, night to night, as far as the seeding. But as a player on this Jazz team, if you were on this team, how much concern or care would you have about, oh, we're on this side of the bracket or that side of the bracket? How much does it matter? Um, you, you know, I, I, they're definitely looking at it every day in the locker room, right? I mean, there's matchups that you would rather stay away from if you could. Um, you know, I think there was just a couple years ago when the Jazz didn't look like they were going to get to Houston in the playoffs, and there was such a slim margin that they were going to get it, and then all of a sudden you get Houston in the playoffs. And that was the matchup that they didn't want. So you can't control it um in the end and you you, you got to try to control yourself and that's winning and, and creating the habits that got you to this point and you kind of got to let it just simmer down on the on the other side of your brain and say you know what whatever happens happens we're going to be prepared and um you know you, you listen to these guys talk and they all say the same thing well if you're going to win it you have to go through all of them anyways and that's true um but there is a side that you go in the locker room and you say oof We'd rather have this this matchup than this one or this one, and um, because let's let's face it, the playoffs are about matchups, and some teams play well against other teams. It's it's not about the record as much as uh, who matches well against you, and and vice versa. So, you know, there's definitely some looking at it, but I think in the end, with you know the sprint left of the season, I I think the Jazz are focused on health, getting healthy, uh, obviously mainly Conley and, and Mitchell, getting them back to. A 100%, and then, yeah, then you go from there. So I'm curious which teams you think the Jazz really should want to see and which teams they should not want to see. And it seems like it's really complicated because, although we know Jamal Murray's out, but aside from that, there seem to be a lot of star players who might be injured in the playoffs. I'm not clear how healthy LeBron and Kawhi are going to be. Who should the Jazz want and who should they not want? Well, and that's why you don't try to play it because you don't know because you really, you know, if, if the Lakers don't have LeBron and he's not healthy, well, that's a different Laker team, obviously. Um, you know, Kawhi Leonard being out in the Clippers, if he's not healthy in the playoffs, obviously that's a different Clipper team. So you don't know, and so you, you play it. I mean, right now, a guy like Steph Curry, I mean, he's on fire. I mean, 
it was terrific last night, and they had a big win over New Orleans. But um, you know that could be if you're the number one seed, that could be your playing game, or that could be your A seed. It could be the seventh seed. You don't know yet. Uh, Portland, you know, they had a bad loss last night uh, when they're trying to get out of the seventh seed. Um, you know, Denver obviously playing well. I think they're nine and two since the injury now, but that, they have an MVP in Jokic. So, you know, I I don't know. I, I think you can get carried away with this stuff and looking at it, but. In the end, I think the Jazz team, they're, they're built for sustained success in the, in the playoffs. I, I think they have the depth. They have the star power. They've proven it this year. And then you take it and you say, you know, they got to beat us too. So you don't really look at it too much and you look at the, what the Jazz can do. And I'm a firm believer if the Jazz are playing their type of game, whether, you know, they're hitting threes like they did last night, they're moving the ball around, they're playing pressure defense, and they're getting in the you know the decision making is happening fast. They are such a tough team to beat. They have so many weapons on this team that uh, even you know if one or two guys struggle, there's a lot of people that can pick up the slack. So the three of us, we watch all the games. We obsess over everything. It's our job, and this is what we do, and we love it, and all that stuff. And a lot of folks don't do that. So where I'm going with this is involving Rudy Gobert. I mean, he is brilliant, and I believe you have to really, really watch him almost just about every game to understand all of his greatness. With that in mind, do you believe he gets the respect that he deserves throughout the league? Because I don't. No, I'm in total agreement. Um, You know, I watch him play through maybe a different lens than probably other some other people just because I was a player and I I envisioned myself, wow, if I could ever have a guy like you know, Gobert back there, unbelievable what the advantage is. He does so many things on the court, and we, we talk about his defense often. And You know, he'll he'll contest a shot, challenge a shot, then go get the rebound, and then maybe get a block shot on the same possession, right? I mean, he could do three, four different things on one separate possession. I've seen him guard multiple people uh, coming down the lane when it's a two-on-one. I've seen him guard both both guys at once. Uh there's just he's so unique. There's there's really no one that could do what he does. Um, a lot of his stuff doesn't show up in the stat sheet. Uh, but one of the things that I that I really love watching is how he runs the court. And usually, you just don't get big guys that are as motivated to run the court and transition, whether it's defensive transition or offensive transition. It's it's pretty it's pretty fun to watch as a, as a player. This guy has a great motor and. When you got a guy that's doing everything defensively and protecting the rim, and then he's also going to sprint the court and try to seal on the other end and then set a quick pick, uh, an up screen, <clears throat> to get the offensive transition going, I mean, that's so valuable. It, it really is. And then he's a dunk lob threat all the time. So, you know, his health has been great this year. Hopefully, you know, knock on wood, it's going to stay great. But he's, he's, he's a factor um, that – I, like you said, you watch him, I watch him. A lot of Jazz fans kind of watch him. But as he goes through, uh, he's getting better, in my opinion, and Quinn's done an amazing job with him. But he he is off the chart defensively. I mean, historically good. So I, I'm of two minds here with the he doesn't get enough respect. I feel like individually, and he's a two-time defensive player of the year, and he's three right. times all NBA, and he's still in his 20s, so he's going to add to that. Uh, but I feel like where he doesn't get the respect is I don't feel like a lot of the um, national commentators, whether they're writing for web stuff or they're on TV or whatever, I don't feel like they think 
he can elevate a team to the championship level. It's like you need right. two wings who score 25 points a night. That's the recipe. Rudy's not that. So he's a great player, but then I'm going to dismiss him when I get into a championship conversation. Why is that? Well, I, I think he's at a prove-me stage, right? I mean, it's great if you want to do this in the regular season, but now everyone's saying to Rudy and, and you know the national media and, and saying, well, okay, let's, let's prove in the playoffs. Let's get out of the first round. Let's go to the second round, get out of the second round. And see what happens. Does it work? Does having a, a the the defensive stopper and a guy like Rudy propel you to a finals? And, and can you win it all? And I think that's where maybe the national media is saying um, it's it's you know regular season's one thing, playoffs and championships are another. And so when I think of a lot of the national media talk, they talk about winning championships and what do you need uh, if you're going to win it all? And so I, I think that. Uh, and that's just something Rudy just hasn't done yet. I mean, it's, he's young. He, he's been in the playoffs quite a few times with early exits. So, um, you know, let's see what happens this year. I mean, I think he's ready for it. And I think the other thing is, you know, people like offensive numbers. They look at points and they say, oh, you know, 14 points a game. Well, that's not that good. Well, you know, when you're talking superstars, they like the, the 27 points a night and the 28, but that's just not his game. So they don't look at the overall game. They just look at the offensive part of it. And that's where I think, and my point was, you know, he doesn't get the respect in, in that way because he change, he challenges the game. He, he changes the game in a way that just like that 28-point a game guy does offensively, he does it the exact same thing defensively. So I think there needs to be, you know, more homework done on the defensive side of that. And then, you know, I've heard the national media talk about his contract and, you know, even Shaq said something and some other ex-NBA players say stuff like, oh, well, look what you can do, you know, if you just average these numbers. And, you know, that's just out of context. Not fair. Yeah, totally. That's what I was saying. That's the whole point. As far as health, is Conley's hammy your number one concern? Um, I mean, it's, it's certainly up there. Um, but uh, to me, number one concern is Donovan Mitchell. I mean, he, I, I think you you got to have Donovan in the playoffs. And, you know, obviously he's looking like he's coming back soon, hopefully. Um, but, you know, Donovan and Rudy – or, you know, A and double A, and, and then obviously Conley's right there. you got to have your three three main guys, and those guys um, you got to have coming into the playoffs strong. For So I, I think if they have to rest Conley, they got to rest Conley. But you certainly got to be a strong team heading in. You've probably had to play through some of these injuries, or had t- certainly you've had teammates who've had to. So I – I, and I don't have any medical inside info on Donovan, but having seen a lot of players with sprained ankles, you know it'd be five weeks from when he got hurt to when he came to, to win the playoff start. So I assume he's going to be healthy, even if he has had or is having some kind of setback you know, as he rehabs it, he hurts it. But the hamstring, I have never understood when hamstrings are healthy or when they go. So I guess that's why I'm stressing over that one a little yeah. more. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, tricky. Um, you know, Jazz fans remember Carlos Boozer and his hamstrings, and it was just they just kind of flare up, and you know, you're you're right at the verge, you feel it. Um, and you could have it tighten, and you don't know whether that's a sign of uh oh, is that going to pull or is that going to strain? And if it does pull or strain, then you're really in trouble. Um, so it's tricky. Um, you know, with ankles, look at look at uh, you know LeBron. You know, he came back and. Missed a ton of time with the ankle, and all of a sudden it just wasn't right still. And he's saying, I'm not healthy yet. So the ankles are, 
you know, all the injuries are different. You know, everyone, you know, one ankle strain is not the same as the next ankle sprain. And, mm. You know, one hamstring strain is not the same as the next. So you, you just don't know until you walk in the shoes and no one ever walks in the shoes of a player. Um, so it, it's tough because that's why the Jazz have a great medical staff and you, you trust what you got there. And, um, you know, injuries are part of the game. And it used to be you played, and if you were, you know, 80%, you go out there and play and give it your all. But, you know, I think they've gotten smarter. And I think over the years they've realized that that's not good because what happens is you're setting yourself up for another injury and something else happens. And um, and you don't want that to happen either. So I, I think they're, the way that it has progressed with injuries and, you know, just the, the medical breakthroughs and how the science behind it is just making the game and players smarter, I think it's better for the game. Assuming that they have their health and something that we all certainly want to have happen, and really for every team, and then let the chips fall where they may, but assuming the Jazz have their health, I'm looking at, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, obviously, and you could play well and still lose because there's some good teams out there, but if they've got their health, I think that the only thing that really would concern me as far as derailing them from winning an individual series would just be a team-wide shooting slump from three. Is there anything True. else there? Or am I missing anything? Um, yeah, I mean, you can you can get someone rolling right on the other team. You know, there's there's quite the players that could you know get it going forty fifty in a playoff game. You know, look at Luca, Dame. You know, some of these guys, uh, Steph, that can can really get it going. That can carry a team. Can they do it through four games in a seven-game series? That, that's that's very questionable. But they could get a couple wins for sure, uh, just off star power. Uh, so you worry about that a little bit. Um, but I agree. I think in a seven-great game series, uh, that's what's great about the seven games is usually – no, not usually, all the time. The best team wins. Um, and so you might have a night where you don't shoot well, but, you know, the, the lull – Averages is what we like to say, or I like to say, usually comes back in your fruition. You're not going to shoot terribly for an entire series um, when you're a good shooting team. So, you know, you might worry about a game or two, but, um, you know, this is where I think coaching is underrated too. And you go into a playoff matchup, coaches make adjustments, and I think the schemes, what goes on in playoffs are, are very, very important. And I think Quinn, you know, Jazz got a good one there. So I think that that's an advantage on the – on the advantage column, um, you know, I want to go back to the injury thing that I was just talking about because there are there is a point when, you know, and it, it might be I don't know game six or game seven of a playoff race where you do say okay now I now I am going to play when I'm eighty five percent right because uh, you know we lose or go home in those types of situations so I'm for the you know getting healthy but then once it comes time if you're going to win a championship and you're going I think a lot of players and people around the nation would say, okay, now it's time to, to play through this one. So th- there's that too. I'm curious what you think about the Phoenix Suns because whatever jazz fans and the local media around the jazz looks at the national media and says, oh, they don't respect this about us, they don't like that, I think we do the same thing to the Suns. And I think both organizations have the same issue right now. It's what you said earlier about you got to show me. you got to prove it. If you haven't been partway down the path to the title, I don't trust you to all of a sudden go all the way down. Usually you have to learn hard lessons and lose playoff series along the way. Do you think right. that that holds true in this era with these two teams? 
You know, I, I do. Um, I think the the same rhetoric goes with with Phoenix. I, I don't think you know people around the league, and you know, even if you listen to some of these players talk, whether it's LeBron or you know Kawhi or some of the players on other teams in in the Eastern Conference as well, you know, when you've been there and you've done it, you're not worried about seeding. Uh, they're just like, okay, get me there, and then we'll figure it out because we've been there before. Um, guys, teams like Phoenix and Utah, I think they do need the home court. I think they do need the edge of having, you know, when things go wrong in a series that you you know you got, you know, your fans behind you and you got you got the extra game. Um, but you're right, I, you know, Phoenix they're young. You know, Aiton is very young. Booker hasn't really proven it in the playoffs. You know, Chris Paul has been up and down in the playoffs, but. You know, it was never, you know, never won it. So, you know, Bridges, they, they're, they're very similar. They're good as a team, though. And so they can beat you with their team. And uh, I think they're underrated. I think you go in there and you say, okay, well, you know, even though they don't have the experience, I think they're well coached. I think they have a good scheme. I think I like, you know, they, they play a certain way. And it's going to be hard for them to lose because of the way they play. And it's much like the Jazz. So, Suns are good. There's no doubt about it. And big surprise yeah. team. As far as the Jazz, I give you two seed and full health. What percentage would you quickly sign off of it? Would it be like 80, 90, 100%? What would it be? Who's the seventh seed? I don't know. <laughs> I can't guarantee well, that. When you come up with that answer, I'll, I'll give you my answer. <laughs> that's a, that's you know, even more difficult to determine on the ba- below than it is yeah. above. Well, I mean, you look at the Lakers, uh, they're a couple games out of the seventh seat. Um, you know, that that's a big, whoa, really? I mean, it's, it, yeah, that's true. I mean, they're 37 and 28. You know, Portland's 36 and 29. I mean, there's not a lot separating one game. And without LeBron, you know, Schroeder's in the protocol for 10, 14 days. And so, you know, a lot of stuff can happen. But can you imagine, a, you know, if the Jazz fall to two and the Lakers go to seven, a two-seven first-round matchup. Oh man! So, so LeBron wants to fire whoever came up with this. I think it's <laughs> I think it's minimizing tanking, and the only people who've been up so upset so far are Mavericks and Lakers, who think they should right. be better than seven, but are in danger of possibly finishing seventh. But I think it's yeah. minimizing tanking, and I get it's a mirage, and I get these teams aren't very good, and I get that they're probably not going anywhere in the postseason, probably going to be out real quick. But to the degree we don't have teams mailing it in and playing G League lineups right now, I like it. I totally agree. I, I'm all for it. And, you know, I think it's great for the league. It, it creates interest all the way down to the nth game. And not only that, if you're the Wizards right now and your fan base is, I mean, you're loving life right here and you're saying to yourself, wow, we, we have a real chance. I mean, we're coming on strong. We're in the 10th spot. Who wants to face us? We're one of the hottest teams in the league. Um, you know, I, I think, and the matchups get really interesting. I mean, look at the West. The Spurs are in the 10th, you know, and you got the Grizz and Golden State. Does anyone want to face Golden State with Steph playing the way he's playing right now? And, you know, you got a young team with Memphis. Um, I don't think the Pelicans get in, so Zion's going to be out. But, you know, I, I, I love it. I, I, I find myself more um, involved this year as far as following other teams than I've been in the past because of this, the playing race. 
Well, Matt, as always, we appreciate it. And uh, when you dropped law of numbers instead of law of averages this year, I don't even know if you remember doing it, but for whatever reason, that cracked us up. We need the unintentional comedy. Keep it coming. We love it. (laughs) All right. Thank you.